This is Portland Radio Project, KSFL LP, and you are tuned in to a drop-in session where we spotlight the incredible Portland music community. My name is Cyrus Nabipour, and today I'm thrilled to welcome an amazing local trumpeter, educator, and composer, Noah Simpson. Noah, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, first off, let's get some background on you for those who don't know. You've been performing here in Portland a ton for a number of years, but for our listeners who aren't familiar with you yet, Tell me where you grew up, and how did you get started on the horn? Yeah, so I'm originally from a pretty small town called Cave Creek, Arizona. My grandfather played trumpet, and so did my brother, and I kind of went through the public school system, like a lot of people, and um, kind of got really into trumpet starting around the eighth grade, kind of in the school band system, and then kind of picking up local stuff at the local taverns and pubs and stuff like that. And yeah, as I started uh, graduating from high school, I decided uh, I wanted to pursue it full time. So went to some community colleges, ended up coming to Portland in 2014 to come to Portland State University. Yeah, we just missed each other. I know, we just, just missed each other. But uh, yeah, I've been here ever since and I've uh, been loving it. Yeah, well, you've definitely uh, elevated and enlivened the scene here. We're happy to have you. <laughs> In our talks before this interview, uh, you mentioned that one of your first records that you ever bought was Linkin Park Hybrid Theory. Yes. And I'm, I have to say, so I love that record. I have to say I'm really jealous of you because I was one of those jazz boy kids who grew up listening to just like classic rock from my dad and jazz, thinking I was really cool for not liking current music that was happening when I was a kid. And it wasn't until later, much later, that I was actually able to go back and realize what amazing current at the time music I was missing until I was older. I mean, a lot of people don't get that. No, uh, I'm very blessed to have like a very interesting musical upbringing. Um, I would say both of my parents exposed me to some stuff good, some stuff bad. Um, one parent who will go unnamed is a big Kenny G fan, which mm -hmm. maybe turned me away from jazz for some t while. Um, but then there was a lot of Mozart in my house grow growing up, which was interesting. And a lot of Nora Jones oh. and a lot of Leonard Cohen. You know, a very interesting musical experience. And when you pair that with Linkin Park, and I think at the same time I bought Word of Mouth by Ludacris. Okay. Um, yeah. Very opposite sides of the spectrum, but you just get exposed to so much music and... I think when you're young, you become very personally charged by your music. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm thankful for it now because I was just listening to so much different stuff. Um, well, before we get too deep into it, let's hear some music. What are we going to hear first? Um, so this is a tune of mine called Wheeler. Um, I wrote this kind of for a tribute for two things. One is for a really beautiful town called Wheeler, Oregon. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a great little town. Yeah. It's right on the coast. It's tiny and it's uh, really really quiet and it really reminded me of a trumpet player who just passed over the past few years kenny wheeler mm -hmm. uh an incredible composer and incredible trumpet and flugelhorn player um so this is kind of in tribute to both of the both the person and the place awesome well here is wheeler by noah simpson on portland radio project
You just heard Wheeler by local trumpeter Noah Simpson. If you're just joining us, we've got Noah live in the studio for a PRP drop-in session. Noah, I want to ask you about the American Refrain project that you've been working on for the past year in partnership with PDX Jazz. So what was the program originally intended to be pre-COVID and what happened and how was it adapted into this past COVID year? Yeah, so the original iteration of the project was to demonstrate, like, kind of document what jazz was from its roots, essentially, in Africa, mm-hmm. all the way to what we have right now, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. To encapsulate that into an hour or so of programming, you tend to gloss over some stuff. And for, you know, the program is geared towards kids. So we it's kind an educational. Of, it's an educational program. So we kind of geared it to a way of where we wanted to take the history of jazz and tie it back into what kids may already have reference to. Different forms of black American music like funk, rock, Mm -hmm. and especially hip hop. Mm -hmm. So we kind of, me and this, the person I work with, Shelby Walton Clark, uh, the education director there, we kind of took our time of uh, stepping away from a chronological order and just think about how we could pair different pieces of music together to help forge an understanding with children and maybe you know older folks who are just trying to learn more about jazz. Um, obviously, when COVID hit, we realized that we wouldn't be able to do this program in the schools, so we were very fortunate to uh, record it for the PDX Jazz Festival, and it was uh, played for a lot of schools online for their Zoom classes. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully, sooner than later, we will be performing this once uh, we can all gather back to school safely. Um, give me an example of of two songs that some people might not, at face value, see the many connections between, in terms of, of, of uh, musical heritage, that you paired together to, to demonstrate, look, this is like this because yeah. it is. What's, some, what's an example of that? I think the one that comes outside of my mind heavily is pairing uh, John Coltrane's Alabama uh-huh. with How Much a Dollar Costs by Kendrick Lamar. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, yeah, and yeah. we talk, really, it's talking about the backstory about these songs. You know, Coltrane performed Alabama after this bombing of these churches in Alabama, and it's this, it's this expression in a modal form. Which essentially is the exact same thing that Kendrick's doing mm-hmm. over this. So we say here are here are these people expressing these two different ideas, and they're both using the same method to do this. Mm-hmm. And the things that are changed are the instruments, but when it comes down to the notes, and it comes down to the rhythms, it's all tied together. Yeah, I mean, there's all of those classic. Everyone loves to reference the. Uh, oh, look at this biggie rhythm and it matches up perfectly with this jazz song and and it it sounds cliche but it's true i mean you can literally say that without john coltrane there is no kendrick lamar we forget that biggie was neighbors with donald harrison right and they would talk about drumming and they would talk about these rhythms um we we think that these things exist separately from each other but i think what we try to do with this program is we try to highlight that they intersect and they inspire each other all the time it's a tree yes it's it's literally literally a tree tree with branches (laughs) overlapping and it's just a whole big mess but that's that's the beauty of it it's uh to separate it as jazz and hip-hop and their separate things it's a disservice it's black american music it's music that came you know uh, from the experience of black americans 
Yes. So I was just about to ask you about that. This decision um, to not label it as jazz uh, and, and the intentional programming of the music and, and calling it American refrain. It's not the jazz refrain. It's not the African-American refrain. It's the American refrain. They talk about how jazz is like a truly American music, which yeah. it really, really is. And, um, you know, I think it's interesting to listen back to some of the artists that we really, really like. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can think of the top of my head, Art Blakey and Miles Davis. They didn't necessarily really like their music being referred to as jazz. Jazz was a label that was bestowed upon them, not a label that they necessarily chose to use. They say, I make social music, I make people music, stuff like that. There's... uh I think that there's a lot of people who think that this whole BAM movement and and pushing against back against the labeling of jazz is a is a current recent thing. It is just not true. There's arc there's footage, there's there's interviews, there is there's archival proof that the people who are making this music that's been labeled by white people as jazz have for decades been saying that's not our name. We don't call it that. We didn't that that's not us talking. I think some of the scary thing for it for some people too is saying it's black American music is saying it's only for black Americans. There's which a is huge not misconception about totally that. Totally a massive misconception. All we're doing here is we're acknowledging where this music came from. It came from the music of black Americans. That shouldn't be hard to do. No. Credit where credit's due should not be that hard. Not at all. <laughs> all right, well let's let's get some more music. Uh, what what can we hear next from you? I think next we're going to play a tune that I wrote back in December of 2019. Uh, this was right after the murder of these two black Americans, Cameron Lamb and Malik Williams, by uh, their local police forces. Um, I, I, like I said, I wrote it in December of 2019, and I was really heavily affected by it, and I didn't really know what that summer was going to be like. I mean, come COVID and the murder of George Floyd and the murder of so many other black African Americans, you know, this uprising. Um, so this song kind of has adapted and changed over time, but I feel like it's a catharsis. So this song is for Cameron Lamb and Malik Williams. All right. Noah Simpson, Cameron Lamb, Malik Williams on Portland radio project.
If you're just tuning in, we've got Noah Simpson here for a drop-in session, and that was a composition of his entitled Cameron Lamb and Malik Williams. Noah, I understand you've got an EP in the works with uh, people music. Tell me about that. What's this What's this vision? I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, people music uh, is a community label started by some very, very close friends of mine and some very, very close bandmates, actually. Um, so I'm excited to support them by putting out this new EP. Um, the thing I want to explore through this is uh, kind of a stark duality. So the first side of this EP is very traditional jazz of what one might expect of, you know, upright bass and acoustic drums and an acoustic piano with trumpet. And the second half um, is far more produced with, you know, using different effects, different sounds. But the thing tying it together is the people playing the music and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the compositions themselves, which is all original music by me. Um, they'll be the two pieces that you've already heard on this and uh, some others that are really, really exciting. Um, so it's been kind of fun to dive into the extremities of those dualities of like things that are super, super acoustic and things that are very, very overproduced. Yeah, you know, as people who play black American music and have really been instilled with this work ethic of doing our homework and our history homework and also listening to what's coming out in real time um, because it's all relevant, it's all the same, really. There's We hear all of this acoustic music and all of this electronic produced music um what's the decision what's behind the decision to rather than try to blend them together have them sort of starkly separate but packaged together i think it's a reflection of myself and of my upbringing i mean like i said uh -huh. you know i uh, learning how to play jazz and this you know very acoustic sounding thing and i go home and i'm listening to lincoln park and ludicrous you know mm -hmm. what i mean just very opposite sides of it um and trying to just connect them through a piece of media of myself is the thing that unifies it. You know what I mean? It's it's the people that, that unify it. It's not necessarily the different sounds that we use that unify it. It's the people and how they play the music and how the music is written. Genres don't make a, a music. The people make the, the music. The people make the music. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, and that's coming out on... Ironically, People Music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so People Music is a label, community resource, production house. Um, who, who runs that? Yeah, so Samuel Eisenmeyers mm -hmm. is one of the directors. Uh, Charlie Brown, who you've been actually hearing this whole time, uh, mm -hmm. playing all the keys. Um, Charlie. That's Charles. Charles, Charlie. <laughs> we love him. Um, and Sarah Clark is also a part of them. Very cool. Yeah, they've been putting out a bunch of really cool music yeah. um, for um, the last two years or so. It's kind of an honor to be a part of it, honestly. It's uh, such, it's one of the coolest things happening in Portland, honestly, to hear mm -hmm. just this wide diaspora music come out from these incredible Portland artists and to get to be a part of that is uh, really exciting. Yeah. Noah, thanks so much for joining us and telling us about what you got going on these days. Listeners, if you want to keep up with Noah Simpson, make sure to follow him on Instagram and Twitter. You can also read more about the American Refrain Educational Project at pdxjazz.com. We'll make it easy for you and have all those links on our website, prp.fm. Keep an eye out for his new EP coming out in the fall on the People Music label. Noah, thanks for coming and sitting down and talking with me. Thanks so much. Thank you all for tuning in to another Portland Radio Project drop-in session. My name is Cyrus Nabipour. I produced and engineered this episode. To take us out, here's Bassity by Noah Simpson.